Welcome to Taxpayer Talk. I'm Isla Aitchison, Research Officer at the New Zealand Taxpayers Union, and I'm joined by Councillor Calvin Clout from Tauranga City Council. Welcome, Calvin. Oh, hello, Isla. In case any listeners have missed it, Tauranga City Council has recently been scrutinised in the media for its dysfunctional culture, and the Department of Internal Affairs has expressed concern at clashes between elected members. Calvin, how bad really is it? Well, Isla, I think it's fair to say that we haven't got off on the right footing as a council. Right from the start, there were some serious contentions between the mayor and several elected members, and we've never really got past that point um, where we're sort of gelling as a team. And so that that, that sort of has brought um, upon us some of these other issues which have become sort of quite well known in the media where we have been effectively um, dysfunctional. Um, I, I have to say not dysfunctional in a decision-making capacity or in terms of our formal council meetings, but perhaps um, dysfunctional outside of that formal arena. And that has meant that the sort of environment that we're working in has not been um, as, as sort of productive or as collaborative as I would want to see. Is it totally fair to say that the decision-making hasn't been impacted or the operational side hasn't been impacted? Because Tauranga has also been in the news for the $27 million waste on the Harrington Street car park. Yeah, look, I think we can separate the governance issues with some of those sort of projects that have gone wrong. And there have been several of them, not just this last year, but over the last sort of three or four years, there's been some quite big issues and problems. Now, they have not necessarily um, been arisen from their governance issues. So I do prefer to keep those issues separately. Uh, separate, um, as far as the Harrington Street car park goes, yes, there was a major um, design flaw uh, in that building um, and that's subject of a whole other raft of um, um, decisions that we're having to make um, going forward on what to do with that, but certainly not related to any governance issues that we're having. So what are the consequences of having relationship breakdowns like this? Is it just that it's unpleasant for you guys? Yeah, I think it's... We we have our moments where, you know, we can... um, you know, get on well with each other, but but by and large, we just have not been able to um, collaborate with each other in a positive way. And there's been the occasional sort of blow up, um, some sniping, and both in terms of you know verbal, but also in some of our written communications. Um, and so, yeah, it certainly has not been pleasant from a from a working environment. And as I say, you know, we are well, we are trying to get on top of some of these issues. But at the end of the day, whether we are eleven individual um, adults who you know need to make our own decisions about how we're going to work together. Um, personally, I would love to see us all get into a room, uh, close the door, and sort out, you know, get all the issues on the table and and thrash things through. At the moment, of course, that has not happened, which is why the um, Department of Internal Affairs is showing such an interest in us. Why hasn't that happened? I think it's because there has not been a willingness from all 11 elected members. Personally, I've always been willing to talk with anyone, you know, no matter what sort of um, issues we might have between each other. I'm always willing to talk. 
and, and I'm, I'm a great believer in thrashing issues out and hopefully come to some resolution. Sometimes the resolution might be that you're never, ever going to see eye to eye, but that you know we need to commit to uh, conducting our business in a sort of very uh, fair and positive way. Um, and so that's what I'd like to see. But certainly not all of the 11 of us are in that space uh, where we're willing to do that, but I certainly am. And you say, well, I, I admire that, um, but you, you say this all happened because you just got off on the wrong foot. But is there anything else that's contributed to it? I mean, it seems like quite a disastrous endpoint for just, you know, not getting along immediately. Has it been a bad bunch voted in? Oh, no. I think every individual councillor and the mayor, you know, we all um, got voted in by the public and... Um, everyone, I believe, has something to contribute. It's just that we do have some sort of diametrically opposing worldviews um, and also different sort of, shall we say, leadership styles. And so they have not all sort of gelled. Um, I mean, I, I just want to emphasise it's not like it's the end of the world. You know, we are still making reasonable decisions in, in chambers. But it certainly is not the sort of collaborative environment that I, you know, am used to. I've been on council now seven years, and uh, you know, we haven't had this sort of situation um, in the last two training that I've been involved with. But if that is all that it is, you know, it's it's not a collaborative environment. It's not ideal. Mm. But you say that decision making is still really sound. Delivery is still there. Why are ratepayers yes. paying up to $350,000 to fix the problem if it's not actually a problem for ratepayers? Yeah, look, um, so you're talking about this review and observer team that uh, we voted to bring on board, um, and that is in lieu of a central government-appointed um, observer team. So what we're doing there is um, we've got three... Uh, people coming in very experienced with local government uh, and governance issues. They're coming in to, uh, shall we say, help us through our issues. Um, at the moment, they are due to stay with us through to the end of June. But what I want to reassure, um, particularly the Tauranga ratepayers, is that I don't believe they need to be here till the end of June. I would like to think that after four to six weeks and they've been in here, they've interviewed everybody, um, they should have a very good handle on what the issues actually are, and I would hope they would have some very constructive um, recommendations on how we work you know, together forward, going forward, and then I would hope that they would um, disappear because effectively, as I said before, there are 11 adults and we should be able to get through um, these issues with some help, but I don't believe we should be babysat uh, right through to the end of June, and I think the ratepayers of Tauranga would be appalled at the cost of $350,000, and I certainly am. And that's why in a recent council meeting, um, I moved that we have uh, what's called an off-ramp after four to six weeks, and they give us their initial report. Uh, and I, I agree with you and many others that $350,000 would be a huge waste of ratepayers' money. Um, we should be able to sort this out with um, you know, little fuss. If it is only six weeks, do we know approximately how much that will cost? Oh, no, I don't know the exact cost for six weeks, but it'll be well uh, well less than $350,000, I can assure you that. And, um, yeah, I would I would like to think that um, 
in six weeks' time, we should at least have an understanding of the problems and how best to address them. And I don't think we need three people um, sort of looking over our shoulders till the end of June. I just think that's going to be a huge waste of time and, and money. Personally, do you think that this is necessary at all? Because what I've heard from you until this point in the conversation is just mm. it could be solved by all getting together at a room. You're all grown-ups. You know, you've been appointed yep. or elected rather to do this job. Is, is this necessary at all? I think my preference would have been um, perhaps some sort of corporate personality uh, sort of analysis or um, sort of group therapy. <laughs> I think that would probably be preferable um, and and at least then uh, we could, you know, identify, you know, in terms of personality issues or worldview for the clashes, um, we could at least identify them and then agree, either agree to work on those issues together or agree to disagree and therefore just, um, you know, work in the chambers uh, effectively but not sort of have too much expectation um, of sort of cordial relationships outside that. I mean, that's far from ideal though. But I certainly don't believe we needed this um, this review and observer team right through the end of June, June, certainly. The alternative, which is what the Taxpayers Union has been mm. campaigning for recently, is the opportunity mm. for residents to actually recall their elected members. Because I think anyone would look at Tauranga City Council right now and say, this isn't working. We should be able to recall them. We should be able or just recall a couple of them if there are difficult ones. Mm. And, and put some new people in and actually get things back on track. Do you agree that not having the opportunity to do something like that is a bit of a fault in the electoral system? Yeah, I've given this a lot of thought, and um, it does seem a shame that the, the general public, you know, the voters, can't um, have that option to recall um, after a, I think it's 10% um, of the of the voters being able to um, call for a poll and then and have effectively have, have new elections. Um, I think it would be a good safeguard and, you know, it would have, things would have to be pretty bad, I imagine, to get to that 10%, you know, signing up a petition. But I think that it would be a very good safeguard and if that was then aligned with a perhaps a four-year uh, council term, um, I think that could be, those two measures could go hand in hand uh, together quite nicely, so that the uh, you know, like a decent council would have four years to get a lot of good work done. Whereas at the moment, three years I think is a bit short. Um, and similarly with central government, and that you know, to that to that extent as well. Um, and I think having a having the ability to have some recall elections, whether it's for one particular elected member or even I don't know the whole council. I, I'm not sure to what extent that would go to, but um, I think. Uh, I, I would be in favour of having that option, absolutely. Let's move on, shall we? The Tauranga City Council introduced a 7.6% rates increase this year, which is one of the highest in New Zealand. What is the justification for that? Well, first of all, um, yes, it started out back in about March at 126 and then we dropped it to 7.6 because... But 12.6 is really, done. really high, right? And 7.6 oh, is it, still pretty high. Yeah, yeah but um, where we actually landed was 4.7%. Uh, uh, 
Uh, so we actually landed at less than the 7.6. And, and even that, you know, some would say was too high. Look, um, I think you have to realise the issues here in Tauranga are very significant with our growth. And, you know, we just continue to grow and grow. And there's such a lot of pressure on our infrastructure that we need to invest, um, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars going forward. And so that has really meant that as, uh, as ratepayers, you know, we, I mean, as you know, the funding for local government, the, the model is effectively broken because all that really is the, the ability for councils to raise revenue primarily is through rates. And so, um, you know, the, we ended up at 4.7%. What we did, though, to soften the blow for um, residential ratepayers is that we increased the commercial differential, uh, which in Tauranga has traditionally been very low compared to other metros. And I think you'll find over time the commercial differential will increase um, more, which means that there's less pressure on the, on the, on the residential ratepayer. So in Tauranga, about a third of ratepayers actually got a rate reduction because we also moved the uniform annual general charge. We moved that from 15% down to 10%. And so that is um, helping helping the lower um, value properties. So, you know, yes, the, the total percentage is still quite high by New Zealand standards. But as I say, we've got huge growth pressures here and, um, you know, we have to pay for those somehow. The alternative, though, would have been to take on a bit more debt. Was that considered? In some ways, that's actually fairer uh, yes. for those, you know, those big one-off costs for increasing infrastructure and similar. Yeah, look, sure. We, for us, it's a balance of uh, raising rates but also increasing debt. So our our debt um, is continuing to expand uh, year on year, um, but we are well within our limits, our our the debt to revenue ratio limits. Uh, you'll be aware that the government recently increased or the uh, local government funding agency increased the debt-to-revenue ratio from 250% up to 300%. That gives us a little bit more breathing room. And so uh, as a council, like most other growth councils, we've had to you know, take advantage of that. And so, yes, we have increased debt uh, as well as rates. Have you been able to cut spending anywhere? Yeah, I mean, that's always the big issue with councils is how much they spend. And, of course, you know, we're, we're always under a lot of scrutiny from our ratepayers as to, you know, wasted expenditure. And certainly, um, you know, we, we're not immune to uh, you know, having to look closely at where we're spending our money. I'm pretty comfortable that our chief executive and our executive team, uh, you know, they are running a pretty tight ship, particularly in terms of, um, personnel and expenditure, um, but it's fair to say that you know, as a council, we've had a few projects, you know, capital projects, particularly uh, that have gone wrong over the last few years, and that certainly adds to the pressure. But in terms of the way that we, you know, in terms of our expenditure as a council on operational matters, I think you know we run a reasonably tight ship, um, you know, compared to some of perhaps our larger city uh, cousins. What will the council do to help ratepayers, possibly even particularly those non-residential ratepayers, those businesses that are now being hit a bit harder by the differential uh, change you've made through this difficult period? What is the council doing? Yeah, look, there's, I mean, we have fairly limited um, levers, you might say, as, as a council to help um, particularly businesses. That, that's primarily, uh, you know, central government's responsibility. 
um, in terms of helping them either through, you know, uh, wage subsidies or, you know, some major capital expenditure. But for a council, um, the, the best way we can help our uh, commercial and business rate payers is to make sure that we provide the infrastructure that's required for a growing city. So we've got um, some new uh, suburbs, residential suburbs opening up uh, to the south and to the east of our city um, over the next few years because we're in desperate need of land for housing. And, of course, businesses often tell us that one of their biggest concerns is where are their workers going to live and the cost of housing here in Tauranga. So, you know, as a council, that's one of the biggest things we can do. The other thing that we do is support, you know, some of the, the business um, uh, organisations, for example, Priority One, which is our um, economic development agency, and also Tourism Bay of Plenty. So, you know, we, as a council, as I say, we've got limited levers, but, but we certainly do support um, the business community as much as we can. Is there anything you'd personally like to see that isn't currently in the council's plans? What I'd like to see is a greater level of um, central government assistance for us as a council. Most uh, most of the benefits of our city growth accrue to central government by way of GST and income taxes and, and company taxes, in particular. Um, that you know, they, the central government get the, the benefit of our growth, whereas as a council and as ratepayers, we're left with the costs of funding that growth through rates. So. I would like to see a greater level of um, central government assistance, particularly in some of those big infrastructure projects such as um, roading and um, and water and wastewater. So these are um, the big ticket items that, as a council, we can't afford ourselves. So that's where I'd really like to see um, moving forward that we, we do have that closer relationship with central government. And I believe that we are starting to do that now particularly in association with Western Bay of Plenty District Council and the um, Bay of Plenty Regional Council, that we have a very close working uh, partnership through Smart Growth. Fantastic. Well, Calvin, thank you very much for your time. No problem at all. Thank you very much, Isla.